This week, my executive producer, Adam Gobeski, suggested we watch the 1958 movie Vertigo. It was voted the greatest film in the British Film Institute's Sight and Sound Critics Poll. But we decided to watch the number two movie, Hardcore Henry, instead. Welcome to Cinematic Respect, the movie podcast where I get together with my friends and have them watch movies that, for some reason or other, they haven't seen but really should. And this week, we have the lovely Charlie Wallace and the marvelous Jessica... Claire's. It's still Claire's? Yes. I didn't okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> the marvelous Jessica Claire's as my guests. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Doug? Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Now, I realize that you guys aren't necessarily into the whole action movie type thing, are you? <laughs> Hate them. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't say, uh, wouldn't say like zero action movies. Pro oh. some. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, after having viewed this amazing masterpiece, you guys are a little bit softer on the genre. <laughs> I might watch a second action movie, yes. Ooh, <laughs> wow, that is... Who is the right one? <laughs> that is quite the praise. <laughs> For those listeners who aren't already familiar, Hardcore Henry is the 2015 Russian-American sci-fi action movie that uh, is relatively unique in that it was filmed from the first-person perspective, making you, as in specifically you, my guests... Charlie and Jessica, <laughs> the star of the movie. And boy, I felt it. <laughs> that was amazing. Before today, did you realize you had it in you to kill that many people, Charlie? Maybe half that many people. <laughs> but Jessica, do you think you could take the other in... half? After watching the movie, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say that, but now listener, this is a ridiculously violent movie and i'm a big fan of uh the uh, the violent movies as you may remember from our previous episodes you know like uh on the one we did 300 but uh unlike 300 which was really a glorification of violence where i got out of the theater and just absolutely wanted to run a dude through with a spear this movie was a bit more of a ooh man Violence isn't maybe the best thing in the world. <laughs> Do we think that's what the message was of this movie? <laughs> I, no, no, I'm going to go with no. I don't think uh, I don't think they were trying to turn the audience either pro, you know, for or against the violence. <laughs> I think it just was. <laughs> now, this movie is a little bit different in that there's not really any dialogue to be had because most of it's monologue spoken to the actual audience to the cameraman but uh they do manage to build a pretty decent story around it you you wake up you find that you're a cyborg and <laughs> you've been brought back to life by your wife and now some crazy bad guy is coming to take over the world using her research into resurrecting people like you except i mean you'd like to think she hadn't married all of them but uh <laughs> you don't know yeah right that's that's revealed in the end yeah yeah no you have you're to gonna, wait for that yeah, spoilers ahead of, spoilers ahead sorry of yourself there. sorry oh, gosh Oof. 
I'm just so excited. But the bad guy comes in and wrecks up the place, and you quickly find yourself an ally in this fight against the bad guy, an ally who is perhaps not the most uh, tenacious at the whole living thing, but he makes it work. So what did you guys think that you were going to get into when you, uh, when you decided to watch this movie? (laughs) Jessica? Um, well, I didn't know anything about it other than, um, what Charlie, Charlie told me. So Charlie said, we're going to watch this movie. (laughs) It's called Hardcore Henry. (laughs) And, uh, it's the first person, you know, perspective or whatever, video game-esque yeah, I didn't didn't have anything else going into it. I mean, hardcore Henry's in the title, so I guess I assumed there was going to be a decent amount of weaponry and violence, but that's 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 about all I had going in. Uh, this is kind of a weird one because I actually did a lot of reading about the movie before it came out and then didn't see it. What? <laughs> I think there was even something in the New York Times where they're describing the different techniques that they were using to actually get some of the shots, and it looks kind of fascinating the uh the stills they had, like going down the the highway and the rig that they had built to do this, and then somehow I well, I'll tell you why I never watched it, and the reason is because I, especially in the movie theater, if you have a handheld camera, it tends to make me motion sick. So, so does that mean like cinema classics like uh, the Second Born movie, Born Supremacy, famously done with hand, handheld cameras? You you haven't actually seen those? I this, saw that one in the theater and I got sick. <laughs> <laughs> How sick? Um, I had the second Bourne movie I fell asleep during because that was better than continuing to have a headache. And then Cloverfield <laughs> has a handheld camera and I had to leave the theater before the monster showed up. So as far as I know, it was a movie about a bunch of uh, college age people at a party. <laughs> So that's that's probably the reason I didn't actually see this one in the theater. But I have no problem watching it uh, on a TV. So, do you remember when you slept through all of Doctor Strange? That, that had was nothing, separate. That had nothing to do with handheld camera with work. Just pointing that out. <laughs> that's because I'm an old man. Now. I know it was amazing. I think I think he was awake for the first like 45 minutes, like maybe. Oh my goodness! And then he was out, and I was like, I mean, do I wake him up? Do I, I, I'm just gonna leave him, I guess. No. It's not my husband. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask, is this the first movie that you guys have seen with first per- like significant first person perspective? Definitely. Yes. I don't think I'm not sure I could name another movie off the top of my head that's like this. Doom? I with, haven't with seen Carl this. Urban. I haven't and seen the that Rock? section of Doom, no. Oh. Doom is a lot slicker of a presentation because it's very much trying to be a video game, you know, being based on a video game. Uh, This movie is perhaps a bit more realistic. Like they actually built themselves a special camera rig that they put on the cameraman like as a mask to get as naturalistic of uh, camera movements as possible. Anything from television? No, it's nothing the- that was sustained. I mean, they might do like a scene, but I've never seen anything sustained. So, you know, you never watched uh, the Comedy Central series about a decade ago, Secret Girlfriend? No. No, I don't think I've even heard of that one. What? Learning a lot, Doug. Oh, my gosh. Now, I realize this is a movie podcast, <laughs> but gentle listener, I hope you'll grant me a little bit of leeway in talking about other forms of media. <laughs> I mean, naturally, video games are very frequently from the first-person perspective, but I don't think that any of us here are unfamiliar with that. 
So I don't know that we need to go into that. Secret Girlfriend, on the other hand, was a comedy series which was honestly somewhat different from this in that although it was filmed from a first-person perspective and had people talking to the actual viewer, they also assumed that the viewer was responding to them. So they would have essentially one-sided conversations. Here in Hardcore Henry, being a cyborg, you, you know, you're half robot. And unfortunately, your whole voice thing didn't actually get installed before the bad guy came in and wrecked the joint. Hence all of the monologuing. Yeah, he can't talk. It's probably for the better. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's head shakes and nods. Yes. Which I was glad that they did not continue to do throughout the film. After the first couple, while he's lying down, nodding his head, I'm like, we can... (laughs) We're good. Yeah. (laughs) Implicit answers are okay. (laughs) I can read between the lines, but they they did do away with that. Now, my executive producer is probably going to be upset with me if I mention Secret Girlfriend without mentioning that being about... A guy who has a crazy ex that he, and he's trying to hide his new girlfriend from the crazy ex because the crazy ex is crazy involves a lot of, shall we say, male gaze. It was apparently somewhat jarring to my executive producer that he was like, wow, I didn't realize I was that much into women's butts. <laughs> he's going to love that. Addition. Yours truly, however, had no such uh, suspension of disbelief problems. <laughs> Yeah, no, I found it kind of distracting, actually. There's, I mean, I mean, there, I guess it's there, kind there of there a typical I'd... action movie thing to like, oh, you have know. Have naked women Have naked and... women running by in the middle of all this action, but it was sort of. Are you talking about the whorehouse in this? Yes. Okay. Yes, we have a large section of the movie in a whorehouse. In a whorehouse, yeah, which, I don't know. <laughs> I've never particularly thought of myself as uh, like a, a strong feminist that's all like oh this is unnecessary and how Mm -hmm. dare they but i was like this is this really is not lending anything to the film (laughs) like yeah okay we're in a whorehouse but i mean i don't know how many um women you see in there but it's got to be i don't know like 30 plus like women at various points in time as you're going through hallways and different rooms and things like that a lot of the same women because they're all wearing the same wig in theory (laughs) yeah i suppose it could be cycling behind the scenes i suppose but you're just like all right yep Yep. All right. Yep. Still naked. Good. Check. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but like, it's not like the camera was focusing on them. They were just in the scene. Yes. Like it. Like it was only. There like, could have been naked men in the scene. They could have gone that route, <laughs> but we didn't. <laughs> you know what? I'll I'll grant you that. That is a fair <laughs> cop, and I am willing to bet that that the producers of the movie were very much thinking that. The average viewer, honest, your target audience, is going to be straight men. This is going to be men. the male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be straight men for the most part. It would be kind of hard to make a movie like this without having to explicitly assume a gender for the viewer. And that's a very large part of the plot. Like, it, it drives a lot of it. The guy has a wife. Well, actually, I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. So... It opens, whatever, he's introduced to her. She says, you're not going to remember me. I mean, she tells him right away. Like, that might be temporary, but whatever. Mm. She's not sure. She's (laughs) allegedly a scientist. As a scientist, (laughs) as a female scientist, (laughs) I do want to say that laughingly because she's wearing, like, a little black dress and, like, stiletto heels with her, like, loosely fitting, like, lab coat and all, like, seductive, whatever, which I was (laughs) like, yes, that's how we all dress at work. Anyway, 
but I mean, you you buy, you buy, (laughs) yes, you buy into the fact that, that he's somewhat committed to her and that you see him, you know, try to save her life, uh, take her in this little escape pod or whatever with him that was really only meant to sustain one human. Um, When they crash land, he tries to take care of her. But then you don't see her again for quite some time, like after that initial accident or whatever. And so I don't know that his actions are motivated by her for like then, I don't know, probably what another like 50% of the movie goes by before you have like a a reemergence. So I get that she's supposed to be this plot driving point, and I knew that's what they wanted me to think. But there's a huge chunk where he's like all survival mode, like whatever, yeah, trying to figure trying out what is work. He has nothing yeah. to do with her. Yeah, doing yeah. the next thing that Jimmy tells him to do. Well, doing the next thing that keeps him from dying because there's just perpetually people showing up trying to kill him <laughs> with all various kinds of weaponry coming out of the woodwork. Like it's super strange, and you're like, just how do you keep running into nothing but flamethrowers and snipers and tanks in the woods? Like, yeah. It's yeah. it's capitalism, baby. Yeah. So yeah. did you not see the villain's name on the building on his headquarters at the end of the movie? No. The villain is Akan, and the climax of the movie takes place at Akan Incorporated headquarters. Okay. So he's a Russian he's, oligarch. He's got a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. He's got he's a Russian <laughs> oligarch. <laughs> the dude has got funds. Well, really <laughs> freaky eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. White hair. Do we need to include a diversion for you guys to also read the tie-in comic book? We can or do a... you want me to just summarize it uh, for summary you? Summary <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> okay. We can uh, read it after the fact and then give a report for you for the blog post about what we thought. <laughs> you, you can do that, Charlie. I'm going to entrust that to you. Well, that's what the guests do every week on the show. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> naturally, we try to choose movies here that the guests are going to love and can't get enough of. <laughs> I assume that's why we previously did the entire Alien movie series, including Prometheus. (laughs) Wasn't my choice, but sometimes I just let the guests do what they want. Fair enough. The gist of it was, Akan was born during the Chernobyl crisis. His dad was a helicopter pilot, gave the supposed anti-radiation pill he was issued to his wife, which turned out to be a cyanide suicide pill. So Don't mix those up. Well, I don't think it was a mix-up. Oh. Uh, They were basically told, you know, do the mission, then take the pill, and it will protect you from the radiation. Oh, got it. So he dies in a helicopter crash. She dies from the suicide pill accidentally, goes into labor. One of the scientists uh, discovers the baby and is like, well, I guess I'm going to be this guy's dad now. The baby grows up, turns out to not be the most upstanding person, you know, works on creating designer drugs and such, and uh, ends up developing psychic powers as a result of the designer drugs and the research that his dad did to uh, keep him alive from the radiation poisoning shortly after he was born. Oh, good. And Thank you, comic, for not uh, attributing his special powers to the radiation itself. <laughs> well, it was the it was the treatment for the radiation. That's fine because I don't understand. Plus that. the designer drugs, <laughs> which were supposed to be a drug that would get you all high at the same time, because they used a, uh, a radioactive element with a specific half life uh, in order to activate it. But unfortunately, he was the only one who survived and decides to take over his dad's company, 
decides to uh, start working on, you know, building super soldiers using uh, corpses as the raw material. So I actually think in regards to uh, Jessica's, I don't know if I would call it a complaint necessarily, because I don't know that there's really anything much to complain about in a masterpiece like this. (laughs) But her observation that the wife, Estelle, was perhaps not dressed like a typical scientist, you learn from reading the prequel comic book Jimmy was the one who came up with all the research for you know, yeah, using he, corpses. And he's dressed like a typical scientist. <laughs> Don't worry about that. No stilettos. <laughs> nothing low cut. He's well, no, he, as he as he told you in the movie, he's straight as an arrow. Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you were going to brainwash somebody to doing what you wanted, and they didn't have very progressive attitudes, then maybe that <laughs> is how you would want to present a scientist in order to make them fall in love. Sure. <laughs> sure, guys. So, so I like to sure. give movies credit wherever I possibly can. I, I noticed. You're scraping <laughs> the bottom of the barrel for that one, Charles, but, but okay. Who's, who's the guy who's Stella like his friend for like two seconds where he gets shot in the back of the head? Like in the car? Yeah. That's Jimmy. I mean, obviously it's a cliche, but you set it up as a, you don't really have a good memory. You're just kind of working your way through this world and what's going on. So I think it's very much intentional to see... You know, Jimmy shows up, he gets shot in the head, and then, like, a couple scenes later, here he is on the bus, it's Jimmy again, but looking different, and you're like, wait, what? I know for myself, viewing this in the theater with my friend, we were certainly like, wait, what, is that the same guy? What, what's going on here? So Yeah, I had to had the intended effect, if that was the intended effect. I think it was. Like, I actually give the movie credit for that by the end of it, but... The first half of it, I was annoyed because I couldn't figure out, like, is that the same guy? Is it just another white guy? Like, I'm trying to figure so out. what's funny is that by All the time... All these white guys look the same to you? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> by the time we went from the guy on the bus, that Jimmy on the bus, to the Jimmy in the whorehouse... Okay. ...with, like, the ridiculous tattoo on his stomach... And all the cocaine. Yeah, and all the coke. Like, when we got to that point and I, like, I realized it was all the same guy, the first one that he was in the car with, I didn't link him into being like okay. part of the jimmies until just now like charlotte copley perhaps not the most distinctive looking actor <laughs> no and i yeah i've not seen him in anything else before i don't think anyway the man of a thousand voices i call him <laughs> not all those voices are great but <laughs> fair enough there were a couple that was like like specifically the english soldier where i was like oh. i don't think you're pulling that one off but then again it is so it's, it's a caricature. It's right. a caricature. I can't say it's that a word. caricature. Thank you. Played out by a man in a wheelchair who's controlling all of the different guys. So it's whatever the he movie wants has it to a, be. Yeah, the movie has whatever a good way of getting out of any potential issues that it has. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, okay. So there's various points in times he, you know, he gets saved. So most of the time that he's getting saved from death, it's because of a, a, a Jimmy, a variation of Jimmy. But then there's also these random two female characters that Jimmy seems to oh, know. yeah. And I have no idea who they are or what their story is. I think they said something like maybe the whorehouse was their territory. Maybe they protect yeah. the whorehouse. I don't, I'm not sure that they protected. I think they like owned and ran it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I think it was theirs. Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean. I don't know. They were interesting, like random aside, and then you only see them for a very brief period of time. Oh, uh, fun fact, the scene where they uh, drove the motorcycle 
into the van. They literally drove a motorcycle into a van. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they smash up a lot of stuff and they burn a lot of stuff and they shoot a lot of stuff. It's, yeah. And then there's a decent amount of... Things that, you know, they they blew a little CGI money on that you can tell that they blew some CGI money on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the most part, you can tell what was done practically and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, specifically, there was that scene where there were all those guys lined up on the stairs. Like, it was like an open room, but there were stairs on either side. And I think he throws some grenades at, or he shoots like a rocket launcher at them or like a grenade launcher. And then yeah. everybody dies. And then there's flames. Like that he's running oh. past. That was very CG. But most of the other the, stuff. The, ones, I mean, the, the, the motorcycle chase was with all the, the vans. Yes, I believe it was near the end where he... Where it's like in in the headquarters. Yeah, and then he goes okay. into a room with a big screen. I think that might the be right. the one where I was most like, wow, that CGI is a little bit off. Like, yeah, maybe you could have just fires taken off out a, this room on, altogether. And yeah, not. fires off a bunch of grenades. And yes. then the smoke yes. is just very yep. fake computery yes. looking. yes. And there's one of the vans exploding in the chase, the motorcycle chase scene where one of the vans like exploding and tumbling off the road to the side. That was very, that I was like, yeah, that one, that one's particularly like, I can identify that. Yeah. That seems almost like something where they might have tried the practical effect and then looked at it and said, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't nearly as explosive as I wanted it to be. That's (laughs) just depressing. Let's cover this with CG. Yeah. We need more flames, more smoke, more death. I mean, you could be like the Dark Knight, where uh, they use one of those steam pistons to launch a semi up into the air. Oh, yeah. Except I think they didn't CG out the steam, so you can actually see it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they had that, and they had to just CG flames over over the steam. I don't know. So we've uh, we've alluded to violence. Do we want to do we want to have a a body count? Uh, I think for the trivia I read, it was two hundred and eleven. Something along those those on screen. I mean, I, deaths. I mean, I didn't have a clicker with me, but that that number feels right. <laughs> How many of those were uh, reanimated dead people, though? Do those really count? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, should I have paused longer? No, Wait, no, um, that's fine. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Jessica coming out strongly for the uh, rights of the undead. Not so much for the rights of the undead, for the rights of my eyeballs to not have to witness so much carnage. Because there's things, especially, like, I was even, like, very unhappy with the opening credits. (laughs) That was actually the worst part. It was the worst part. I was hoping the rest of the movie wasn't going to be like that. It was the worst part because it it is gratuitous tactile violence like but it's slow motion just and really really close yes yeah i don't need to see a knife knife go all the way through a guy's throat like through and through slowly (laughs) i'm good i don't need to see a broken off beer bottle run along a man's torso yeah yeah so i could have i could have done without that intro I will. I will say that. Yeah, like immediately. Like that's my first note. <laughs> but it is animated, I, at least, right? It was special effects. I don't oh, think okay. they actually murdered a dozen people. For oh, that, sure. You know, but <laughs> well, they just weren't committed then. <laughs> We're trying to watch a uh, watch Hollywood stuff here, not snuff films. Yeah, well. I don't know what kind of movies you guys are into, but typical action movies typically people don't die during the production. Oh. Hmm. What did you guys think about the level of violence 
in this movie. Too much. Medium too, to high. <laughs> too little. Just strong right. to quite strong. Um, I mean, I'm not that big of a fan of of the of the really graphic the really graphic violence. I mean, obviously, I, there's lots of action movies that I've watched and loved, and 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 documentary style movies that I've watched and loved that include a lot of violence because it's telling a story about that. And I obviously, given what this story is, I mean, he's a cyborg and he's trying to fight an evil dude who's creating a cyborg army out of dead people. Like, there's going to be a decent amount of violence. I think the part that bothered me were the things that were a little bit more um, difficult to separate I don't know, very visceral. I don't know how to explain it. Difficult to, to like separate yourself from. I mean, that's the idea, right? In order to kind of like maintain some flavor of humanity and like whatever is to be able to distance yourself a little bit from, from the violence. But there are certain things like, you know, watching a hacked off or whatever broken beer bottle like slide through someone's torso that I can't disconnect from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there I feel like there were a lot of moments like that like yeah somebody throwing a grenade into a room full of guys like yeah that doesn't that's not a visceral thing for me but watching say somebody's head be cut in half with a cable like in like slowly yeah that one's a little visceral i'm good without (laughs) that i don't really need that in my entertainment but that's me personally i'm not saying that this you know i can easily see that there's a target audience for this i'm just not one of its members I respect that opinion. I don't share it, but I I very much appreciate it and respect it. <laughs> Why, thank you. You're such a courteous host. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where it's like an opinion which uh, is just so different from your own opinion. Sometimes it's kind of like, well, you know, I just, I very much had a different experience and I just need to recognize that not all viewers are going to view movies the same way. But- what a novel thought. Yeah. <laughs> You're not on Twitter, are you? I mean, <laughs> not on film Twitter, no. But I mean, that's part of the charm of this podcast that I do. You know, I, <laughs> that you I, do all the time. I have it's movies that uh, I think are going to be, you know, great movies that should be shared with people. And sometimes uh, people have different opinions, and that's what we like to explore on it. Sometimes people hate Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then you just have to stop speaking to them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that why uh, your wife, Kara, isn't here today? (laughs) That's exactly why. (laughs) It's more like that's why Jessica is here on a day where Kara isn't here. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta keep those opposing viewpoints in separate rooms or, you know, separate states. (laughs) Yes. How about you, Charlie? Yeah, it. I don't know. I have trouble describing exactly why I wasn't the hugest fan of the violence in this movie. There were times where, there were times where it did work, and times that it didn't. I think the times that it didn't were a yeah during that intro scene, which we already talked about, but also there was a lot of just generic shooting with automatic weapons at people. I mean, at least 150 of the body counts were probably <laughs> just very generic stuff like that. And, you know, it's, you know, parkour and stuff going on in the background too. And that's why they were doing it. But uh, I don't know. Some of the deaths that were more interesting are like that one where they throw the grenade down the stairwell and the guy explodes or uh, uh, let's see what other ones. <laughs> I will say I particularly loved the line that preceded that where uh, Jimmy goes, if you can hear them, but you can't see them, you can probably grenade them. <laughs> And that's like, so what are you that's, doing? that's one thing that I definitely want to talk about too. Is that this movie? All right, do you think this movie is trying to be like a video game? Um, 
It's first so person. So I, I guess I guess I should maybe give my opinion on the violence. Sure. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Now. Uh, I'm telling I'm telling the host he can go ahead and say what he likes. <laughs> You're inspired. Yeah. Jeez. You need to remember whose podcast this is, Charlie. Excuse me, Doug. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. <laughs> you're, you're a guest in Doug's house, Charlie. <laughs> but ah, uh, you bring up a very good point with the question of you know are they trying to be like a video game? And uh, I had this discussion a little bit with Jessica earlier while you were out walking your dog. Um, Which I, I like to. I like to leave my dog at your house occasionally. <laughs> well, I assume you just bring him everywhere with you, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's like a son. <laughs> now, obviously, when you're talking about an action type thing from a first person perspective, everybody is going to think first person shooter. You know, games like Call of Duty, games like Doom. But I think that specifically because of that, they were trying to avoid that. Typically, when you have video game violence, it's cartoonish to an extent. It's not really visceral. And I think they were trying to go more towards the action movie type. And so they're going with that really visceral violence. You know, and they're going with, you know, like very much leaning into that R rating. And I think from a storytelling perspective, that plays an important role. You're you're trying to immerse the viewer in the movie you're trying to convince them that they themselves are in fact henry and i think if you if you make the violence too what bodlerized too dumbed down like too cartoonish it's not going to feel like an immersive experience it's just going to feel like you know watching a twitch stream or play a video game that's a, that's a great point okay what i'm talking about is more the way that it's scripted like when okay. Jimmy will tell him what to do. He's like, do this next, then do this. I'm going to describe to you what you're going to do next. It feels like a tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like he's telling me like, oh, well, here's how you aim your gun. And here's like, make sure you hit the X button. Here's, like, here's your cell phone. You need time. to go to this destination. Sure this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or there's an escort quest <laughs> in the movie so Jimmy is in the wheelchair going down the elevator <laughs> and hardcore Henry has to shoot all the guys and make sure that his body makes it safely to the ground. That's what I was thinking when that happened. And, um, sniper, I mean, and sniper rifle it, sequences. Okay. Some violence. Yeah. I think that's a great okay. way to look at it, but the rest of it's like, I often felt like the movie did not give us any credit for being able to figure out what was going on unless it was explained to us via Jimmy or one of the other characters. Oh, come on. Would you think you would have figured out that Jimmy had created a whole bunch of That's uh, fine. <laughs> cyber flesh avatars for himself if he hadn't explained it? I, I would have been out. confused as heck. <laughs> you figured it out. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, pretty pretty obvious from the first time I saw him. Even before I saw the second Jimmy, I was like, "That's that's not the real Jimmy." <laughs> oh Lord, Charlie, you're so good, you're so wise. Boy, you should be the one running this podcast. Jeez, yeah. Charlie, you're so good at watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if we Some if we removed that. the first person aspect from this movie and just like kept a lot of the plotting and such the same, okay, I think I think you have a good point there. I think you still would get that kind of feeling like this is kind of scripted a lot like how video games do, could do it. But do we think is that was that distracting at all or detracting for the um, viewing experience? I guess it just defined the experience for me. Okay. Especially somebody who doesn't play any 
video games, like, at all since, like, I don't know, Tetris in the early 90s. So Another Russian classic. <laughs> exactly. Um, so seeing somebody who doesn't, like, to me, this, like, watching this, I'm like, oh, I'm then the first person. Oh, I have essentially a guide, like, who's named Jimmy and has many faces and accents <laughs> and ridiculous things to say. And so, like, yeah, that... Like, through the character of Jimmy, I was going to ask, to like, I think, I mean, he's a guide, and then I think they try to use him for miscellaneous comic relief, like, to be like, hold on, let's take a moment, a break from the bloodbath, and <laughs> let's sing show tunes. Like, I sure. I thought that was strangely that may have been my favorite part of the movie okay all right <laughs> i like that it's i feel like it was a break i needed almost um and i thought it was kind of funny but it was it was weird <laughs> no question <laughs> i could see how it would be off-putting but i didn't think it was off-putting i just you know it's just you know not yeah. it definitely is a break from the rest of the film <laughs> i liked it i think it really helped flesh out the character of Jimmy for me. Well, he's definitely a strange, he's a strange guy. <laughs> Before the Jimmys start getting offed one by one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We have to care about each Jimmy individually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I was surprised Tim Roth showed up for uh, multiple scenes, right? Well, Probably four or five scenes I saw him in. <laughs> wasn't it one scene played three, four times? Yes, it was. You don't get to see the entire or I guess you don't get to see the end of the scene until the, almost the end of the movie. Though. Fair enough. So it does a decent. It does, I think, a nice job of framing the film. How many days do you think he was on set for that? <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess 45 minutes. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had to do makeup. Yeah, so. right. Like, was anyone else? perhaps a little bit jarred by the uh, picture quality where the the scenes with Tim Roth were clearly filmed with expensive Hollywood cameras <laughs> rather than GoPros. Yeah, Not that the GoPros different. were bad, but they just didn't have that crispness for me. Yeah. Uh, I was also going to ask, so there's this idea, right, that uh, when he, he has no memory, right, he wakes up and he, whatever. And then near the end... Before, like, the last Jimmy dies or whatever, he's like, oh, oh, by the way, I noticed that you have, like, a memory block. And since it was convenient for me, I left it in place. But now that I'm dying, I will lift your memory block. And there's there's this thing where you, like, see flashes or whatever of, like, his memory. But none of them are particularly relevant. Like, I, <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know why I care about your memories if they're not informing you at all about who you are or what your motivations are, whether or not that's really your wife, whether or not you've met the scary bad guy before, whether or not you've met Jimmy before. Like, <laughs> nothing of this. It's like, oh, I remember a sunrise that day when I jogged down the beach and, like, you know, drank some, like, snooty coffee. I don't know. It was just one of those things where I'm like, I don't know what the relevancy of these memories are. Why did he ever have to get his memory back? Because he wouldn't well, have gotten back up. Well, yeah. <laughs> He needed to get his memory back so that he would get the full scene with oh, Tim, with Tim Roth, Roth. Oh, telling no. him, God, now I get it. Telling him <laughs> that you know, hey, don't make the same I don't make the same mistake that I did. Make sure you kill the right people. Cutscene unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a nice. It was it was touching, but I think I perhaps immersed myself into the character of Henry a bit more than the. Typical Were you like tearing audience. up? Like, thanks, but, Dad. I needed that. 
<laughs> Should would, we have would, uh, gotten it, out if, of the way when the movie was over to make sure you didn't kill us? <laughs> <laughs> and one other question before I forget. So the memory thing. All right, sure. I can see okay. he needed his memories back to remember that back. one thing. The other memories were crap, but that one, sure. Yeah. And then the significance of seeing his face. Like, mind blown? Mind not blown? Do we care? Wait. Oh, in the mirror, like, as he's, before he wakes up, we see Henry's face. Because we've never seen his face, like, the whole movie. And then he's laying there, right? Like, he thinks he's well, been you got beaten. the Tim Roth flashback. But yeah. Right but he's, like, you can see Henry's face, face in, some glass. in this little piece of broken glass. And his eyes are, like, open like this. Are we sure that's him? Yes. And not just one of the dead people? Yes. That's him. Because he almost, Let's like, half smiles. He almost, like, half smiles after his, he recollects his Tim Roth full monologue and then, like, almost smiles before he gets up and, you know, kicks some ass. Well, that was us. This is why it's breaking the illusion is, that it was me. This is why it's nice <laughs> it to watch movies like with me. friends because <laughs> I wasn't quite, uh, you know, you've got me convinced. I hadn't previously gotten that feeling from it, so. No, I was like, oh, Thank that's you, what friends. that's what we look like. Because with the whole <laughs> creepy thing in the beginning with the bad guy being all like, oh, I donated the material to like make you blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, is he going to look like the bad guy? I was waiting oh, for yeah. that. Oh. So when so when you do see his little reflection there, I'm like, oh, he doesn't look anything like the bad guy. No, <laughs> eh, whatever. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. What does he, what does he mean? Like, I so no he donated idea. the material except that isn't. Weren't these corpses, like reanimated corpses? Yeah. yeah. So what did he mean? Did he, you mean that he killed somebody? Yeah, he killed you. Oh. Like, that's why the he asked the technician what was his condition. He's like, well, you know, he had his uh, okay, skull caved in a bit. You know, was, I think he said it was like dented. Uh, when he lower said he jaw was really the material, up. I was like, Ew. no. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Yeah, oh, that's, no, no, I no. was with you, Charlie. Because it <laughs> no. was pretty gross the way you said it. <laughs> No, more like more like an empty bottle return. <laughs> Did he get a nickel? <laughs> God. Well, uh, he almost got his money's worth. <laughs> What'd you guys think of those last two kills? Oh, yeah. Well, I think Jessica already. I, I waited. What she thought about the sawing of the head in half? Yeah, I, I commented on that. Uh, he was very resourceful. Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm out me, of weapons. Was... Let me use my eye. <laughs> cord because it's not a nerve cable? yeah cable <laughs> yeah um that was extremely visceral for me but like i like that aspect of it i thought that one was fine. It's creative too yeah. i thought again i kind of enjoyed the more creative deaths a little bit more than the generic deaths i definitely could tell there was some nerd in a room somewhere who was really proud of themselves that when he does rip his own eyeball out of his head to like wrap it around the guy that you're getting the visual from his one eyeball that's still in his skull <laughs> and then the other one that's like moving around to be wrapped around yeah. like whatever and i'm like oh gosh some nerd is patting himself on the back he is so pleased with himself right now he's like see that at because you'd be seeing it because you'd be seeing it right. like that's it. now just, you can yeah. have this exactly experience that no one on earth has ever had. ever had yeah <laughs> I mean, I am that nerd. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. And that's fine. I'm just saying, I could, in that moment, I stepped, it was, I mean, you could argue, I guess it was distracting them because I definitely oh. stepped out of like the plot to be like, oh yeah, some dork is really proud of himself right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, yeah. I was, I mostly was just like, wow, they really did a, you know, thorough job Very. with the verisimilitude here. And then Estelle gets 
I actually don't understand. You're going to have to explain to me so, what happened to her. So she's, <laughs> she shot him. So she shoots him. It, the bullet ricochets off of the cyborg left arm and hits her. Okay, that's what I so thought happened. So that's why happened, she started bleeding. It wasn't, it, I don't think it was done in a, a good enough way to like guarantee that I would understand um, what had happened. He held well, up like, his hand. You can and see the then hand held up. I saw the hand held up, but I don't know what in the rest of the movie it would suggest that the bullet would just ricochet off of his hand and back at her. I was like, well, well that must be what happened. Well, I mean, because you saw in the very beginning that his hand, his arm is, you know, made yeah, of metal. I mean, so. yeah. He's got metal knuckles. Yeah. Wolverine style peeking through his hand like the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, Wolverine yeah. I want to pick this apart at the very end and say that that yeah. was the most unrealistic part of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. I was tired of her by then, though. Like, I was yeah. definitely done with her. I'm yeah. like, all right, miscellaneous hot woman slash evil character, like, whatever, with your long, cloaky black dress. Like, you, you can die now. I was fine with that. <laughs> you said that, too. I did, out loud. <laughs> so it turns out I couldn't edit for these poor guys, because, like, I'm trying to remember, how is it that she fell out the door? So you were, like, stomp on her finger I or was, I and was. So, and so well, Henry reaches up grabs the door and slams it down on her hands. And you hear her scream and clearly she's falling away. away. Yeah. Yeah. So he achieves it. So on the one hand, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm done with her. Kill her already. Like, be done. (laughs) Stomp on her fingers, kick her out the door, whatever it is you need to do. And so he slams the door, which you're you're not wrong. Yeah. It's what I wanted. But then the credits roll. And I was like, really? That's it? Well, yeah. I mean... Who's flying the the craft that he's on? (laughs) I don't know, some Does pilot. he live? Has he been shot too many times? Is he going <laughs> to die? What's he do without Jimmy? Does this guy just go home and live in the suburbs now? Well, like, so there's I... nothing. You just slam the door and then we move on. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that kind of talks to how much you must have enjoyed the film that you wanted to see <laughs> more. You wanted like that. You know, end of ending scene of Goodfellas or penultimate scene of Goodfellas where he's, you know, picking up the newspaper in the suburbs. Pretty much, yeah. But like for me, you know, to a great extent, the movie is, it's a story of a guy who's, who's, you know, he's thrust into this, you know, unexpected situation. He's being manipulated throughout it the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by the end of it, you know, he's, he's regained his memory. He, he realizes who he is and, you know, gets that inner strength and he's able to shake off that, that whole like emotional manipulation thing that Estelle was trying. With the help of some adrenaline. (laughs) Yeah. That Estelle was, was, you know, subjecting him to. He truly shows himself as his own person when he's like, nope, slams it down, sends her to her death. Yes. And, and to me, I don't know that I need more than that. You know, I get that just final confirmation that, yes, he's beaten the bad guys and he's really proven himself to be his own man now. All right. So I don't need to see exactly what kind of man that is because I think I've seen enough of who it is from the previous hour and a half. I don't know. Can't tell until I see him in grocery shop. (laughs) 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 You see him picking out some like mac and cheese in the grocery store and then, (laughs) then, you know, then, you know. But we'll know, we know that he's going to be all right because he has his memories back. (laughs) That was the point of the memories. The, now that we know there's something for him beyond How much this. did you love that the thing he remembers is like a kid breaking his like robot head toy? And it's like <laughs> foreshadowing, you're a robot. <laughs> <laughs>
I did enjoy that. It made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Even if even if you're someone who's you know not hundred percent on board with how I guess I would say tropey this movie is, I think we can all agree that it's at least put together well. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a complete so, story. It's all yeah. there. I'm not I'm not arguing this kind okay. of film shouldn't exist. <laughs> I'm just not its target audience. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I think the story is kind of bare bones on purpose. It's like we're going to get by with the very, you know, the minimum that we are required to do because that's not what people came to see. Yeah, they came to see all the killing. Yeah, pretty much. What did you guys think of the music? Did you guys, uh, was it like noticeable? Um, did detract? Did it enhance the experience? Um, I would say only the. Queen song was the only thing that stuck out to me. I can't tell you <laughs> yeah. any of the music. Well, the, the little show tune part, the and, show then, tune part okay. and then and then the Queen song because it's clearly supposed to be this like climactic part. <laughs> so the Queen song is "Don't Stop Me Now," and I have trouble with using that for montages because I think it was already done so well in Shaun of the Dead that I always think back to that whenever somebody tries to use this again. I'm like, oh, but that was. I like that montage better than this one. <laughs> I've seen Shaun of the Dead, but I don't remember that. Yeah, that's the one where they're fighting zombies inside the bar. Inside I think the bar, before yeah, the they end. barricade <laughs> it. Oh. And it's kind of Baby Driver-esque in that they're timing the action with the uh, with the beat of the song. Oh. Which this is this is kind of doing too. But I didn't mind it. Like, I liked it. But it's just one of those things that just reminds me of something else that I liked I thought, I mean, I thought it was fine. I mean, you're going to have to do something. I mean, so, I mean, with a movie that has 211 on-screen deaths, (laughs) if you're going to have this, like, I don't know, giant, gory montage at the end, like this, like, okay, we're going to build up and we're going to see how many miscellaneous clone, not clone, but cyborg animated corpse people, whatever, we're going to wipe out and we can wipe out them in all these different creative ways. <laughs> like, <laughs> here we go. And we literally have no story going on other than we're going to kill a whole bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. So you have to have something to accompany that. Why not a song? Queen's great. Actually, go for actually, it. Yeah, I actually would have liked more of it. <laughs> they could have done that four or five more times during the movie where it's just a very recognizable or upbeat song. Well, and I think it retracts a little bit of the visceral nature that we kind of have an issue with when it makes it a little bit more humorous. At least I think it does. Sure. To have something to laugh at and we're like, oh, it's fun music, but bad stuff. <laughs> I think I might have picked up on it a little bit more than, uh, say, Charlie. But I think a lot of the times in the movie, um, they kind of use the the music to, like, guide your attention. Because there's, there's a lot of times where, like, the, the music will, like, stop and, you know, you're like, you know, you're doing something and then it picks up again, you know, where it's like, okay, I need a bunch more action. So we get a bunch more music to go with it. So just kind of like setting the tempo. maybe. Yeah, definitely. It's probably just something I didn't notice or that it's working subconsciously. Okay. <laughs> now, it's a very Russian movie. Uh, <laughs> but do you like the bit where he gets up on the horse and uh, we start playing the uh, the theme from Magnificent Seven, a very American movie. Yep, yep. And he's immediately thrown off of the horse and the music stops playing. That was that. That was the funniest part of the movie. I like that. I appreciate I appreciate the use of it to like really punctuate the joke. I mean, that's yeah. clearly what they were doing. So what did you guys think of the movie overall? Uh, I kind of came in with, I think reasonable expectations. I won't say low, but I okay. knew what the movie was. I knew not to expect some epic narrative. 
<laughs> you weren't like going to learn and grow film, from yeah. this movie? This wasn't I mean, going to be the desolation of smog for you? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, it clocks in around 90 minutes, and that's kind of what I what I wanted. But some of, you know, as Jessica was saying, the, some of the violence was a little bit too visceral for me. And the sort of naturalistic movement of the camera I think they were trying to go for doesn't work for me. Hmm. I don't know if that by using the camera in a way that's supposed to mimic what humans see, that that really translates in my brain to a real experience. I'm used to watching movies, and <laughs> the visual language of movies. And when you kind of go away from this to this sort of style, like there's things where like there's these, I mean, normally you call them like whip pans or something, right? Like moving quickly your head 90 degrees where it's just more jarring than anything else. Or like, I can't tell so, what's going on when the character's tumbling and oh well, it's just hard for my brain to get to wrap around what's actually going on. And is that maybe realistic? Perhaps, but it didn't work for me. Too avant-garde for, for at least one of my guests. But I did enjoy the film. I think there were parts I didn't like about okay. it, but overall there was enough, there was enough to get me by. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I, I would have hated for us all to have gotten together and it had had been a movie that uh, I was the only one who enjoyed. <laughs> um, I came in, I'm, I'm willing to say, with exceptionally low expectations from the little I knew. I mean, I didn't know very much. <laughs> but I was like, I, I came in pretty much assuming this was not, I'm not part of the target audience for this film. And yeah, the, like, I mean, the complaints I had about about some of the the more the more visceral violence. I mean, those those stand. I stand by those. I I see it as being a you know a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. I see it as being like appealing to a certain crowd. I can definitely see where if you play a lot of first person video games, um, and it's 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 an interesting idea to tell a story from this perspective. It's an interesting idea to have like you're basically your only friend in the movie be like a whole bunch of guys that are really the same guy. Like I there there are things in there where I'm like, oh, that has merit in terms of like a way in which to tell a story. So I think there's merit. I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it. Like, I don't need to see it again. I'm good. Um, but but I don't think this is like one of those, like, I mean, how do people live with themselves? They even made this. Like, I'm not anywhere near that. <laughs> I'm not anywhere near that end of the spectrum. So I'm certainly very glad that you guys chose to watch this movie. It does a very good job, in my opinion, of of telling a story and really immersing the viewer in it. And like, this is my third time seeing it. And even now, still, a lot of the kills, I'm just like, oh, man, I, I still get that kind of gut punch reaction to it. I mean, it's it's not just pure novelty that we're working on here. And and obviously, they're not the most, uh, shall we say, delicate of emotions. But, you know, I, th- I think the, the emotional notes that it hits, you know, that idea of, you know, almost like a redemptive quality, you know, where you... You know, you you get your full memory back and you realize that, okay, what you've been thinking this whole time isn't the whole story. It's not the way that things should actually be interpreted. It just does a really nice job of getting that point across. You know, it's it's a movie that does a novel thing with the cinematography and the perspective. And I just like how, from a story standpoint, they also try to do, you know, just kind of accentuate that concept of perspective and interpretation. All right, guests, Charlie, (laughs) Jessica, now that you've watched a great movie that 
I thought that you should watch. Do you either of you have something that you would recommend that myself and my listening audience should watch? A movie that I think has gratuitous, visceral violence that did not bother me to the extent that I haven't rewatched it. Let's put it that way. That I actually still found it to be comedic um, and... um, I don't know, worth worth watching. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug Hot Fuzz. I know Charlie already mentioned Shaun of the Dead, but uh, so we already we already have some of the uh, Simon Pegg films out there. But Hot Fuzz, I think the first time I watched it, um, it starts off really slow, builds up pretty quickly with some pretty graphic graphic kills in there, um, <laughs> lots of lots of blood spurting and and I don't know skulls being crushed or split or or worse. Um, but uh, it's really fun, really funny silly you mentioned that and my mind immediately went to the uh the church yes thing like that just like yeah like you you cringe like i definitely was like oh my gosh like yeah but it's so campy somehow it makes up for it yeah so the whole time i was watching this movie it reminded me of another movie i really like the harrison ford film regarding henry uh it reminded me of that because they're both about characters named henry they both involve gun violence and memory loss. So I would definitely give that one a try if you like Hardcore Henry. Regarding Henry, maybe for you. I'd say at least at least a 50% chance you'd like it. At least a 50% like chance. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good odds. You know, I, what I felt was missing from Hardcore Henry was Ritz crackers. Not oh, nearly yeah, enough Ritz true. crackers. Mm. Whereas with Regarding Henry, you're covered. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet, but sounds like it's exactly my kind of thing. I'll have to check it out. You need to. You need to see it. And this episode, my recommendation is that all of our listeners should watch the 2002 film Russian Ark, another Russian film that also uses innovative camera techniques. Go on. I'll I'll watch it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Double feature. And thanks again to my wonderful guests this episode. And as is my custom, I must ask you, is there anything that you two would like to plug? Uh, Actually, yes. Uh, Jessica and I just started a podcast, a movie podcast which unfortunately is also called Cinematic Respect. (laughs) And we do something similar where we have guests on every week and have them watch a movie that they haven't seen before. So we just decided to come on the show today kind of get a synergy thing going and cross-promote. So hopefully you'll come on our podcast sometime. Or maybe if we I have to man- go to war. If I, if I can manage to tamp down the uh, the sudden boiling rage, I think that might be something I'd be interested in. <laughs> All right. I don't even know where we'd say this in the podcast, but I did catch the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> there was a Wilhelm scream in Yeah, this movie? when he throws, one of the multiple times he throws a grenade down a stairwell. <laughs> but the one where the guy actually blows up into the air and you see his leg blow oh. off. Yeah, there, that was a Wilhelm scream. What, what's a Wilhelm Not scream? described. Oh, Jessica. Sorry. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's, the host can. So a Wilhelm scream is actually a specific audio clip. Originally from the movie The Charge at Feather River, a 1953 Western. Uh, I must have missed that one. Yeah, but they did it for that movie, and then they've used it literally hundreds of times since in various movies. Hmm. So It's like a fun thing that Foley artists will try to fit that into movies. Like it's in Star Wars, it's in 
lots of it's in lots of things if you start to look Just for it. In fact, on. if you play it, like you would be like, oh, I know what that scream is. I've heard that. That's one of those ones you hear all the time. <laughs> and it's so unique <laughs> that if you start to look for it, you're like, oh yeah, got it. <laughs> okay. I do have to ask because I've seen this movie multiple times and I'm never quite a hundred percent sure. After that whole scene, when uh, Jimmy and the girl are making out, is that girl one of the two? Yes, yes. because okay. she shows up earlier in the same outfit. And yep. I think when he's asleep, ah. either she changes or okay. we don't notice what the outfit is after that. That would explain where other, you get the sword The from. other woman, I just died, assumed, in that chase scene. That's what I Because thought. she was the one on the motorbike that he jumps onto. So I'm assuming she's just dead. That's Wait, maybe not. Or she gets out of it. I don't know that she... I don't, know that she died at any point did she maybe she didn't he leaves the motor he leaves the motorcycle so yeah yeah no i don't remember any ex- explicit moment of death but yeah. i just assume in this movie nobody makes it out <laughs> yeah i think that's fair besides m- mr henry himself <laughs> mr. Henry. <laughs> mr henry yeah address him properly charlie <laughs> yeah the respect he deserves <laughs>